This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hello, this is Nerd Podcast Radio Super Vegan Brian here, and I am pleased to be here today with David Theobald III. Hey, everybody. And we have a special guest here today, and, you know, he was one of our first guests and I am so honored to say, Jeff Ashley, welcome. Yay. Howdy. Um, for those who don't know you, which is probably a lot of our listeners nowadays, because we have a lot of new listeners since the last time you were here, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Ooh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an amiable Sagittarius, and I live in Los Angeles <laughs> with, with my wonderful wife, two cats and a dog. And occasionally I uh, write a graphic novel called Frontiers. Um, would you describe yourself as a nerd? Uh, yes. Why is that? Uh, because I have no reason to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And when, and when we get to, you know, the, the nerdy thing, uh, I will ha I'll have ample, ample evidence of why I call myself a nerd. <laughs> well... We are thrilled to have you here today, and um, we have both read Frontiers, and we're thrilled with it. Yeah. Um, and it is a tale of what would we we would call an anti-hero. Um, so that's what we're going to talk to about today. But first... Oh, yeah. But first, we're going to play uh, What's Nerdy <laughs> With You, which is everyone's favorite game. I'm like, oh, yeah, my I'm the only one here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Q. Okay. <laughs> you say everything that Brian doesn't. Well, normally, normally my sister's here on Fridays and she says it, but she's sick. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now it's my job. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. What's there with you? Everyone's favorite game. We're going to uh, talk about the nerdy things we've done in the last couple of weeks. And uh, then we're going to vote using the patented Mike Myler widget system and figure out who the winner is. Is there a theme song for the for the game yet? There should um, be, but there isn't. Yeah, our, our songwriter wrote one. Um, and <laughs> wait, he did. Yeah, it's great. It's like, um, I want those widgets. Let me have those widgets. Oh God. This game's so stupid. What's nerdy with you? What's nerdy with you? Why are we not using that? Because he recorded on its iPhone and it's really bad quality. <laughs> oh God. That's good. Who cares? That's awesome. That's good. <laughs> it's earthy. He told it's on me the not, iPhone. well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. I, I, I thought I shared that with you. I think and you did. I think you did, but I still, that's, that's amazing. You just wanted me to sing it. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. More than a little. Um, My life is enriched by it, I'll tell you that. 
We have a new winner. we have a new theme song that's been on the show for a few episodes oh, now. That's so good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be on this one. Sweet. It's it's great, and he recorded that on his iPhone, but he did it like with the four track recorder. Uh-huh. Um, so we're playing what's nerdy with you. Um, last few weeks, Jeff, what's been nerdy with you? What are you competing with? Well, so uh, it's it's been two months. We're in the new year. The first thing I did in 2019 was I watched Forbidden Planet, oh. which, I, which I hadn't seen in a while, which I love. Well done. Um, well done. Yeah. So it's like, let's see, it's 12.03. What do I, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll watch Forbidden Planet. That's Robbie the Robot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's fun. I like that. I love the, I love the, the visual effects and stuff. The, they're all animated. I think they were done by like Disney animators and things, but the, just all of it is just so quintessentially 50s. And I'm very, very, uh, much kind of a mid-century geek also. So I, I just, I love that movie. That's it fantastic. Is, it, it is a classic. It classic. is a classic. I like, I, I love all like the, I love like the B movie, like science fiction B movies from the fifties and stuff. That was definitely not a B movie, but I like all the, you know, the weird monsters and rockets and shit. So I like that. Uh, and What's then the with the giant ants, uh, them some more. Oh, I got some more. Oh my god! It doesn't just end on. The oh, first bring it on! Um, so I, I finally uh, like hunkered down and got a uh, got my uh, despecialized versions of the original Star Wars trilogy, which I'd been nice. kind of I was like tiptoeing around for a while, and I was looking at the different options and things, and I found I found a set on eBay that sounded really cool, had a lot of extras and things, and nice. made made you swear as a, as a condition of purchase that you already owned other versions, <laughs> which I guess somehow doesn't make it bootlegging. I don't know, okay. but, uh, I don't care. Um, yeah. so watched those and enjoyed those very much. Um, that was cool, especially star Wars, yeah. so, like, especially the original, just like, you know, film grain and map boxes mm-hmm. and, you know, um, I remember, no extras. I remember that when they came out with the D well, the first time they brought them out on DVDs, the extended versions that had the second disc had the original theatricals on them. Yeah, they did the um but they're you know they weren't they they cleaned them all, up a little bit but yeah, yeah. But they were you know just like uh but you can still see the cardboard cutouts and the flickering lightsabers and all the goodness. Yeah, yeah. But these are like, you know, these are Blu-ray and like look really Okay, cool. very cool. Very cool. I would love to see that. I the first time I saw um the, the original trilogy, I saw it in drive-in theater. Oh wow. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> They were on their way out. Yeah, well, I wasn't alive yet, so. When did you say you were born? 86? Is that 86. What you said? Yep. Yeah, screw, screw you, pal. <laughs> you probably, I'm, I was 79. <laughs> so I was, I was a little kid when you were in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my parents hadn't met yet. <laughs> my parents weren't born yet yeah whatever i didn't say that i said they hadn't met yet uh, we're headed that way though i don't know so there was that and then my i have two more because it just doesn't stop oh that's fine i am now i'm now in the middle of watching uh the max headroom series oh that rules which i did not watch the first time around and i'm not sure how it slid past other than that in 1987, I had a girlfriend. So apparently Friday nights, I was busy doing something else. I watched them for the first time as an adult a couple years ago and they roll They're They're so good. 
they are actually really good. I mean, they're they're a little they're a little scattered in that sometimes I think the story does not doesn't always tr- completely track, but it's just so much fun. And some of the like you know some of the stuff they were predicting is very very on point. <laughs> One of the things about Max Hedrum that always has blown me away is that the effect was makeup. Yeah, and it looks like computer generation. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's 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 a lot of fun. And I was I haven't gotten to the special features yet. I, I saw that uh, Matt Frewer's not included in any of them, which made me sad, but also makes me wonder if somehow he's shunning that aspect of his career or something. Which I hope I hope he's not because I mean I I'm a big fan of his regardless. But you know it was that's that's where it all began. Did you ever see Eureka? I haven't seen Eureka. Um, I remember when it was on and did whatever, whatever marketing they did did not grab me. Apparently he played like the gamesman scientist on that. He was like capture wild animals and have like cryptids and stuff. He was the, mm. the nature scientist and he was in a lot of the episodes. Yeah. He was, he in- was on orphan black too. Oh really? In in like a few episodes. Mm. He wasn't on the show like all the time. He played a villain. Yeah. He recurred on Timeless too on NBC. Did he? I watched that. I don't remember him on there. Yeah, he was. Oh, I can't remember what the <coughs> character was, but he was like one of the guys that I think had been in, involved in the in the uh, you know design of the of the time ship and stuff. And he was somehow estranged from that group. Can I don't I can't remember anything more specific than that. But I think he'd like he played the. The scientist that like died or something. I think he did die. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. I'm not going to see it now. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all hinged on that. Forget it. You'll have no enjoyment of that now. And then when I'm done with that, I will be going back to the uh, original uh, Buck Rogers serials from the 1930s. Nice. Because <laughs> I enjoy those as well. From when you were a small child. When I well, I, I was in high school then too. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in high school because I'm not, I'm not, not slow, but I'm, you know, you know, <laughs> um, so yeah, I used to run them on, on TV when I was, when I was a very young child. Cause that was right around the time of the Gil Gerard Buck Rogers. And I think somebody thought, oh, we could, you know, syndicate these 14, uh, you know, half hour cliffhanger Saturday matinee shows from the thirties and, you know, someone will buy it and put it on Sunday mornings, which they did. So. Tune in next time. <laughs> Is that all you got, Jeff? I'll I'll stop there. I don't want to you know, monopolize <laughs> the whole thing, but yeah. But wait, there's more. You're in the lead because you're the only one who shared anything. <laughs> <laughs> Is is that how the the calculation works? I like that. Favorite favorite. We should just stop now because I'm a guest. <laughs> Um, we, we've almost done that a couple times with people who have come in like that have been like, I spent the entire weekend hanging out with one of the founders of Dungeons and Dragons. And we're like, well, right, the game's well, over. <laughs> <laughs> Close encounter of the third kind. That can't, rules. Yes. Can't, can't compete with that. Um, David, what was nerdy with you? Oh, I wasn't on the podcast last time because I was at Strategicon. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, play, I got to play in three three Pathfinder Society games. I GM'd my two, and I got to play some miniatures on Saturday. Um, what wars did you play this time? 
uh, the miniatures. We were doing uh, Civil War Wilderness Campaign, 1864. And the uh, rebel, the rebels managed to beat off the, uh, or fight off the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I was gonna let it go, but then you had it to was go it was in a room that was in the back of the convention with a big black curtain. <laughs> front. There's a van. <laughs> Look, we sold tickets. <laughs> it's on Vimeo. You can go see it. <laughs> Don't let anything on Vimeo. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to know how you know that. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So uh, yeah, got to play. Uh, got to play like nine straight hours of fifteen millimeter uh, Civil War action. That was fun. And then uh, yeah, I got to GM. I GM the special, the Saturday night multi table special, like usual. And the special guest at the con was a, a staff member from Paizo. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. I should have looked it up. I'm a professional. Uh, <laughs> was it Lisa? Yes, I think. If she was Maybe. the special guest, yeah. then yes. It started with an L, I think. I I, I, I just picked terrible. the first female staff all right, member. Hold I on. All right. <laughs> You're cutting all this. It doesn't count unless we hear you <laughs> typing. Yeah, yeah, I don't have that kind of keyboard. You're cutting this. <laughs> I don't edit anything, David. God damn it. <laughs> It was Linda. Linda. Zayas Palmer. Oh, I don't know her. Yeah, developer at Paizo. She used to play for uh, down here in L.A. before she moved up there for the job. Oh, I think I do know her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So she was at my table at the Saturday game, and that was intimidating as hell. You have no idea how hard that is to GM for a table with a Paizo employee. Her 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 society do I, number, do I her have society no number is eight. Do I have no idea what that's like? Shut up, Brian. <laughs> her society number was eight. Because I have done that before. Yeah, Robin doesn't count. <laughs> no, I GM for John Compton. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I got to play I got to play at one of his tables when he was a special guest. Was yeah, great. I got to do that too. I also had the game where the author of the scenario came up and looked over my shoulder the entire time I was running. Oh. Well, see, that's kind of what happened at the special, because she worked on the special. Oh, God. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> oh, God. Don't, all right. Don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. <laughs> um, this, so Jeff probably has no idea what this is like. Can you describe a multi-table role-playing game special at a convention? Sure. Um, <laughs> traditionally, a, a, a organized play RPG game at a convention is going to be an adventure that's pre-written has all the encounters already mapped out and has all the all of the encounters and activities that happen during the five or six hour adventure and this is like this is like a dungeons and dragons style thing right. yes yeah so these multi-table events are you get uh we had 11 tables uh each with a full table of six players and a dungeon master that are varying varying level ranges. You have low level table, low level players at one table, mid level players at another table, and high level players at other tables, and they're all running the same event. And what happens at one table can help or or deter what's happening at the other tables. It's kind of a cooperative thing. It's really fun and hmm. adds a whole other level to it. Yeah, because everyone's playing the same game, but not everybody's going to do things the same way. Right. It's like different diverging realities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one was a lot of fun. And yeah, <laughs> sitting at my table was someone who helped write it. Usually the stories involve some kind of get-together, so everyone is assumed to be in the same location. So instead yeah. of 
a small group doing an adventure. It's a very large group handling some kind of event, like a war, like a battle that's happening, or they're all trying to get into a castle or something like that. Mm -hmm. What was the name of the special? Uh, It was the Haojin Tapestry. Oh, that brand new one. Yeah, it was the brand new one, and it was awesome. If you haven't played it and are interested in playing it, play it. It's really good. But uh, yeah, so uh, that and then I got to play in three games. Got to give some love to some of my lower characters. I got to play my bard. I don't get to play him very often. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see you playing a bard. Oh, he was great. He's uh, he's part of a theme team. Uh, my friends uh, Grant, Leland, and Kirsten, who I used to live with here, now live in Vegas. Uh, we started a team called uh, based off of uh, the Steven Universe and the Crystal Gems. Oh, cool. So I'm playing Greg Universe, the simple human bard. <laughs> Who uh shreds? Who shreds? Like, uh, let's see, he's level three, and I've already got a twenty-two perform. Oh, that's great! Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, uh, we're we're really nerdy, Jeff. Just want to make sure you know that. Oh yeah, oh. I, I I feel my lead slipping away somehow. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh my yes. Anyways, uh, Brian, what was nerdy with you these last couple of weeks? I only have one thing to share. There's only? other things I did. Well, this is kind of epic. I really don't want to take away from it by sharing anything else. So. I was sleeping the other night and I woke up in the morning shouting out the words purple kryptonite. What the fuck? <laughs> I so just another Thursday in your life. I don't remember the dream. <laughs> I don't know what it involved, but all I know was it was really important that I tell someone that Brian. loudly. <laughs> Brian, no judgments at all. Is that your safe word? <laughs> <laughs> Because if it's not, it kind of should be. It is uh, now. Perp- I, I, I went on Google afterwards and I looked up purple kryptonite. And apparently it's a strain of cannabis. But I don't think that had anything to do with my dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No connection whatsoever. In the comics, there's periwinkle kryptonite. But I don't think they ever had a purple. That's awfully specific. Periwinkle. Well, All right. It, yeah, well, it looks like amethyst. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, that that's my thing. I mean, I um, yeah, I'm not going to pollute it with anything else. I just want to leave it as screaming out purple kryptonite when I wake up, because I think nerdy things you do in your sleep count twice. (laughs) All right. Um, So now we're going to vote. The way this works is we each have four widgets and then we give our widgets to ourselves or to the other people in the group, however we wish, and just say how. And just say why you're giving them widgets, and we do it real fast. So, Jeff, you have four widgets. Who do you give them to and why? Well, as a guy who woke up one night and witnessed his wife sleep-talking in Latin. Ooh, oh, that's scary. It was kind of scary. It was, it was a little bit, like, possessed. Yeah, that's that's weird. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. That's, ha, that's have okay. have you consulted a priest? Well, no. I okay. I figure because I'm I'm interested to see what you know where the possession goes. So I'm just gonna well, let it play out. As long as she doesn't pull a Dana, you should be okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I totally suspect that it. But when I die, it will be at her hand, <laughs> um, and I'm fine with that. But we'll you know we're just gonna see how it plays out. But um, I'm I think that. I'm going to keep one widget for myself, and then I'm given three widgets of purple kryptonite. All right. David, you have four. Where do you put them and why? <laughs> yep. Um, well, I'm going to give two 
to uh, our guests because that was really fucking nerdy. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to give one to myself because I'm a terrible person. And then I'm <laughs> reluctantly going to give one to Brian for just being weird. <laughs> um, I am going to give um, two to um, Max Hedrum. <laughs> and then I'm going to give two to David. And that leaves us at... That's so selfless. That leaves us at six for Jeff, three for David, and five for myself, <gasps> which Jeff. <gasps> so we have a prize now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yay. We have a prize now. I told um, myself I wouldn't cry. We're going to gather up all the widgets and send them to you. <laughs> awesome. Um, you, you, you do have to be careful when you open the package. They're, they are slightly radioactive. No, um, don't, don't, don't open the package. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we talked about this. You're not <laughs> supposed to tell them to open the package. <laughs> but so I really you, want my prize, and I don't care if it kills me. You, you, well, it, that's they're, good. They're, they don't tend to be toxic to human beings, but they tend to cause they tend to cause homicidal reactions in cats. So as long as you can keep them away from felines, you're usually okay. I don't know how that changes their behavior any, but okay. Oh, I was doomed. <laughs> So, speaking of cats, we're going to talk about antiheroes today. <laughs> That's another one of those uh, masterpieces of a segue there, Brian. <laughs> so, I don't even really know how to define an antihero. I think of examples in my head. I think of, when I think of it, I think of the roguish kind of that he would almost be a bad guy unless he had a reason to be a good guy kind of character or the character who doesn't give a shit about being a hero. Um, they make great, interesting characters and stories because they're not a goody two shoes. They're much more complex. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I want to ask um, Jeff first, how do you feel about antiheroes? Well, I, I, I enjoy them. That, te that tends to be uh, in one form or another, what I always end up writing. So frontiers certainly, uh, Murphy, the the main character of Frontiers, is mm -hmm. definitely an anti-hero. Uh, there's been there've been other things that I've written that are all they're all basically like taller, more heroic versions of me. Um, but they all have you know they're kind of surly or uh, kind of bastardish. Uh, but you you tend to like them anyway, and that's you know I think that's yeah you, you kind of pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think what a and a hero is is just somebody who is not motivated by the classic heroic traits. Yeah, they're not they're not there to save the day. They're they're there for a dollar or they're for selfish reasons usually. Yeah, and sometimes saving the day is just, you know, kind of happens anyway. <laughs> um so how so you're tell us a little bit about your main character in Frontiers cuz we we might as well you're here to promote your comic talk <laughs> about your comic a little bit. Might as well talk about your stupid puppet show, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Remember, um, Jeff, I did say we are professionals. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so the sort of the, the one line description of Frontiers is it's the humble story of a man destined to destroy humanity and why that really isn't such a bad thing. And it's about uh, our lead antihero, Kieran Murphy, who is a, um, a war deserter who has been living out on the fringes of populated space. This is set about a hundred years in our future. Um, and just, he's eking out a living 
you know, just trying to, trying to get by. He's got a ship and, um, it's trying to stay under the radar and not, you know, get, get, uh, pinched for, for being AWOL. Um, uh, and he gets hired to do a, uh, a job by a, kind of a shadowy mafioso type. And he goes and attempts to do this job, but it, it goes very badly. And he's trying to figure out how he's going to explain this to the mafioso when he gets another follow-up message. Basically says, drop everything, go pick up this thing and bring it to me immediately. And so this is sort of his, uh, this is where he starts to get involved with this genocidal destiny. This is kind of his first step down this path. Um, and that sets the whole series in motion. It's so hard to talk about it without talking spoilers, huh? It is. It kind of is. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long. I mean, because the 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 trade has been out since late last year, so it's been a few months now. So I don't know, like you know, how much. I'm, I'm still going to try and not be too specific, but you know. Well, um, we've we've both read it. It's freaking amazing. It's. Um, I don't. Who was the reviewer that called it? Um, Pulp Fiction sci-fi. That was something that um, one of the there's a friend of mine who's a writer who ha- who's helped me at some conventions. Um, she kind of, she is very outgoing, which I am not, and uh, was the one who kind of engaged people at the conventions and stuff. But she came up after reading it with this uh, kind of this Pulp Fiction Star Wars uh, description, which I thought was really quite on point because it's you know it you've a, got, it is a very good description <laughs> yeah you've got this sort of you know star wars sci-fi sort of world in a way um but then you've got sort of the violence and vulgarity and and you know sexuality and weirdness of like a pulp fiction it's very you know it's very much geared to adults um but well there's, there's nudity in it there, there's a little nudity in it <laughs> <laughs> just a wee bit and whatnot you know um and they, um, let me let me think of a few things just to kind of get people excited about it. There's a voyeuristic AI. Yes. Yes. And she's that, also an exhibitionist. Yeah. And she's also a cat. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. she's also a cat. Sometimes she's a cat. <laughs> I love the sarcastic, snarky AI. I mean, it's almost a trope at this point, but I like your take on it. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about antiheroes today. Let's go through our favorites, and this is going to be the entire rest of the discussion. Oh my! <laughs> going yeah, through our like, favorite yeah. antiheroes and why. I mean, I, I mean, we can we can deepen the dis- discussion how as we go on and how different aspects of an antihero. We'll definitely be talking about Han shoots first. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, Han shoots only. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Good point. I mean, in the original theatrical, there's only one shot, and it's mm-hmm. from Han. Mm-hmm. Um. So just Jeff, said. we're going to do a little round robin. I'm going to go Jeff, David, Brian. Um, let's talk about one of your favorite antiheroes. Who do you want to pick first? Shit. Didn't, I would have made a list. I didn't realize we were going to do that. Um, I put it in the outline that I shared with you. <laughs> did it say make a list? I don't remember no, that. No, it didn't say make a list. It just said list your favorite antiheroes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. That is kind of straightforward, isn't it? That's my well, bad. Just, um, just, nah, nah, it's no big deal. Just tell us the first one that pops into your head and well, I'll, a two-paragraph essay about it. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the easy one. I'll do Star Wars. I'll do Han Solo. Classic? I, yeah, yeah, definitely but, classic. Um, and I, you know, I think I think one of the characteristics of a 
of an anti-hero is that that anti-heroism is really masking uh, an optimistic quality or an actual heroic quality. You know, that it's, it's someone who eventually will do the right thing when, when pushed sufficiently to an extreme, sufficiently extreme limit. Um, like, you know, coming back and, and, you know, saving Luke in the trench or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you, you know, he's, Great. There was this great like Elseworlds Star Wars comic where they explored what it would have been like if Han didn't come back. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> would have been pretty short. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it yeah. would have been very long. <laughs> Dead Luke Skywalker and an and a operational Death Star. Well, no, they survived. They just escaped the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, no, they okay. did. But the, 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 forest, the moon that uh, was around y- Yavin 5 didn't. <laughs> no, no, it did not. <laughs> So there goes the rebellion. Yeah, that would be a mess. I think that one big deal, like heroic action, when uh, the antihero normally wouldn't do that, is like a classic trait of an antihero. Yeah. I, Han Solo is almost the description of an antihero changing into a hero. Well, I think sure. that's I think that's where the hero part of antihero comes from. Because if they never if they never do anything redeeming, then they're kind of just an asshole. Like Deadpool. Well, he he, but he too does redeeming things. So yeah, that's true. I'm. I'll. I'll we'll talk a little bit about that more when he comes up. <laughs> I wonder who Brian's gonna pick. Hmm. Hmm. I think Han's a good choice. Um, what about Lando? Uh, personally, I, I, I consider Lando to be the better character overall, but part of it is also Billy D. Williams. <laughs> I don't know, because he. I mean, certainly by you know. Return of the Jedi, I, he's just in it to be just a straight hero because he's he's in in no way reluctant to volunteer to lead this mission. And his actions were to protect his community, not to do anything selfish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were, yeah. yeah, I mean, the the reason he was in that community, I think, was probably at least in the beginning selfish. But and then he became like the person who led everything. Yeah. Well. You know, they actually, in the expanded universe, talk about how Lando became the leader of the best the colony he was running on Bespin and all that fun stuff. <laughs> in fact, in the Star Wars Tales, which is a graphic novel series that's yeah. sadly not canon, that was never technically canon. There's an entire story of how he won the uh, the command of the uh, of the gas uh, mining facility in a Sabbat game, just like how Han. <laughs> won won the Falcon from him in a Sabbath game. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know the best Star Wars. The best Star Wars stories are ones that just retread things that already happened. <laughs> <laughs> Explain in minute detail things you didn't need to know. Yeah, it was actually yeah. a really great story, but I'm I'm a fanboy, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, David and I have a little bit of a conflict because I'm reading the new canon expanded universe, and he's like, they don't count. <laughs> in my opinion, they're nowhere near as good, and the old canon was so good. Yeah. I'll read Heir to the Empire one of these days. All right, Heir to the Empire's not bad. Uh, the the Thrawn trilogy is amazing. I'm a big fan of the X-Wing series. The ten books of that are fantastic. Um, I also read pretty much the entire New Jedi Order series. I was running a Vong War campaign, so I wanted to know all the source material. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so um, I read all of it. Since you're already talking, Ooh. what's oh, your yeah. favorite anti-hero? You know, and uh, you can't name one that's already been set. <laughs> 
Thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, mine's from Firefly, and you know most people would expect me to say Mal, but he's not my favorite from that show. My favorite is Jane. <laughs> Jane is probably a much stronger antihero yeah. uh, 100%, 100%. Yeah. than Mal was. I mean, yeah. Mal is sort of a reluctant hero because mm. he's so disillusioned from the war, but Jane is... Yeah, Jane Cobb. The Jane hero is a Kenton. scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> the hero of Kenton. <laughs> the only reason he got that was because he screwed up a job he was on. <laughs> I love that. And, and that, had, that That's most people's favorite episode, isn't it? Oh, it's up there. Yeah. I personally, my favorite episode after war stories, but that's a, that's a discussion for a different episode. <laughs> um, okay. So we all know who I'm going to share for mine. Brian, who are you sharing for yours? Ghost Rider. All right. Ah. Um, I, hey, fake out, everybody, listeners. You thought I was going to talk about that other guy. He'll come up. Trust me. But I think Ghost Rider kind of breaks the mold with antiheroes because he's not like a reluctant hero. He's a freaking demon. <laughs> and he's well, like going out and trying to do – he's basically condemning these people to hell – because they did have sin in their hearts and he ends up doing heroic things because bad people do bad things and stopping them is good, but he's pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you can talk about like the Danny catch coast rider or the Johnny blaze ghost rider, which they're all pretty nasty. I, I, I love the penance stare and how they can make them relive all the sins they've committed in their lives. And I love flaming motorcycle chains i mean who doesn't <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna have a motorcycle why doesn't it have flaming chains yeah but i you know we talked about like the reluctant hero like someone who's sort of selfish and thrust into heroic actions this guy's like the spirit of vengeance and he ends up doing heroic a actions but he's a bad guy kinda yeah yeah he's i mean he's doing good things but he's a freaking demon <laughs> and he's also possessing someone and basically ruining their life by making them do all these things. Yeah, so Ghost Rider, way up there on the anti-hero list. Jeff, you have any more to share? Well, I was thinking. Um, I was going to tell you, none of us prepared lists either. We were just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Again, well, clearly you, you prepared something. We wing every single episode. The, the <laughs> most preparation I do is I make an outline with a few bullet points that are like barely discussing the topic. And then we just let the episode go from there. Yeah. It's just, it's the, you know, it's the quiz element that, you know, I just, you know, I yeah, fold, under, I fold under pressure. So. And the we multiple, love, the we love making our guests go first. We yeah. love making our guests go first. It's oh, the yeah. best to just watch you guys squirm. It's why you have a show. Listen to you guys squirm. <laughs> Yes, Ryan, yes. Yes. So well, you were thinking, what'd you come up with? I was thinking uh, the main character from one of the best Christmas movies of all time, Die Hard, John McClane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. see it. Go to New York. anti-hero. Have a he, few laughs. Yeah, he's just out there, you know. Go to New York, Christmas. Brian? Oh, what the yeah. hell? I was just listening to what he meant to say. I've never say seen the, the movie. What? Oh, what? I've I, never uh, seen Die Hard. I you thought we went over. I thought we fixed that. No, I still have not seen it. <sighs> I've seen well, other. I've seen other things that those people have made. I've seen Die Hard too. 
I hate you. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I hate no, you no, so no. much right now, Brian. The line is, come to the coast. We'll get together. Oh, have a few LA. laughs. He's in he LA. He clicks the lighter shut. Yes, he's in <laughs> LA. A New York cop who travels to LA with to reunite with his estranged family at Christmas time. Yes. And it is a Christmas movie. I know there's this weird sort of. Debate. If you want the Cliff Notes version, a band called Guys Night did a song about it. <laughs> wow. I'm not even joking about that. That's real. You can look that up. So, yeah, go look that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write it down so I can include it in the um, show notes. Oh, yeah. Guys or, what's e- or what's even better, just go watch the fucking movie. I don't yeah, understand right? how that slipped through. I'll watch it someday. I haven't seen Godfather either. Okay, uh, Jeff, the problem I, is he moved would, way the hell up north, so I can't, like, uh, I can't clockwork orange him into a chair anymore. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to find somebody in town who can then. Oh, I just got a sweet talk Heather. On list. I just got a sweet talk Heather into doing it. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll bet she's seen Die Hard. She's got her headphones on. I can't ask her. <laughs> That's because he knows the answer. Yeah, I'm making an executive decision. She's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, he de- he defeats loads of terrorists barefoot on broken glass, and yep. he really doesn't want to, but he has to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was there to meet with his wife at a Christmas party and try and rekindle their failing marriage. Yeah. But then Hans and his buddies came in and kind of <laughs> threw a wrench into that. Um, shenanigans ensued. <laughs> I, I I would think he counts as an anti-hero. He oh, yeah. He definitely does not want to be involved in the whole, what is it, Nakatomi Plaza? Yep. Nakatomi. Nakatomi. See, I haven't yeah. seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's bizarre. See, I forget that he hasn't seen it, so every time he reveals it to me, it's like I'm hearing it for the first time, even though I know it. <laughs> well, it's I think it's one of those things that like your brain just disassociates. Right? It's like if you're, you know, being held captive somewhere or something, you're you're just like, you know, you go to your happy place because yeah. you can't deal with the reality that it's he has. One of those movies hard. that I feel like I know it so well that I might as well have seen it already. So shut, it's, shut up, Brian. No, no, no. He, 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 I think it's more of just the, the, oh, uh, you know, he says it. And I was like, oh, wait, I knew that. Um, <laughs> all right, David. What yes. You got uh, some Viratrol for you for not seeing Die Hard yet. <laughs> 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 I'm really opened a wound here. I had no idea. I mean, dude, come on. It's like day one. Come on. Requ- required watching. Oh, quality radio. Just everybody uh, ranting at me for not seeing Die Hard. Gotta love it. I saw that in a theater when, when you were one years old. <laughs> yeah. See? <laughs> oh. I, I watch it at least three times every Christmas. <laughs> that and the Christmas story. That's a double feature for the holidays. Yes. And if you're feeling kinky, Die Hard 2. Technically also Christmas time. I saw Die Hard 2. It was good. Yeah, Die Harder. I've seen Die Hard three too. Yeah, you know, you know what's better than both those movies? The, the first, first one. <laughs> uh, I I, <laughs> I had something and now it's gone. Replace with anger. <laughs> Would you like me to skip you, David? Yes, please come back to me. All right, I am now going to talk. Well, we brought up Die Hard. I got to bring up Martin Riggs. 
Okay. Um, I think um, in Lethal Weapon, the idea of because we've talked about like antiheroes being reluctant, we've talked about antiheroes being straight up bad guys that end up doing good things. Um, Martin Riggs is says like a death wish. He's he's his selfishness is basically him trying to get himself killed by being this like super cop. Right. I yeah. do you think he qualifies? I would think so. It's it's a not sort of a non-standard uh, you know, motivation. Certainly. Also a Christmas movie, by the way. Yeah. Yep. It actually starts off with Jingle Bell Rock playing. And a Christmas, <laughs> his first, the first things at a Christmas tree lot. But uh, I'd like to come off delay, Brian, if that's okay. Okay, go ahead, David. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I'll move you uh, up in initiative. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, uh, the one that everyone he- hears of, in my opinion, he's totally an anti-hero. Batman. Batman is an anti-hero? He's an outlaw. <laughs> I don't know. He's breaking the law. He's a vigilante. Yeah. But he's he's got such a moral code over all of the other superheroes. And he's not above a little breaking and entering? <laughs> he I'm does beat up that. people, but... Yeah. <laughs> and depending on who's drawing him, he might actually even kill some. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> For the comic code, he killed people a few times. Yeah. And I don't care who you are in his video game, some of those people are not alive. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect Batman to come up. There's no way you could you could survive being flung off a building from seventy stories up. You're dead. Yeah, yeah, I did not expect to hear Batman coming up in the anti-hero discussion. I think of him as like like Holy Knight level of hero. No, he is not a paladin, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Batman is not a paladin. He is clearly a fighter. <laughs> Are there any female anti-heroes? Oh, several. Um. <laughs> I, I I don't know. This is going to be an awful thing to bring up for three guy for three guys to talk about. But right. I'm just Especially curious. If we can't find any examples. If, yeah. if we can't think of any, you well, we have Google person. if if it comes down to it. <laughs> for Google, um, shit, work, damn you, brain. Mm, gotta love that dead air. I'm I'm an idiot. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Elizabeth. She's definitely an anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I think um, you would qualify her as an anti-hero based on methods. Yeah. I mean, while affected, the ends do not justify the means. <laughs> I have to say the um, Ellen Page and Hard Candy works too. I actually never saw that movie. Oh yeah. Have you seen that one, Jeff? I've uh, I've seen part of it. Yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I know she. Uh, Kind of seeks vengeance on uh, yeah, basically the Wilson, way, I think. Yeah, basically the way to sum it up is a <laughs> girl uses herself as bait to catch a pedophile, right? And then fucks him up royally, <laughs> like absolutely horribly, ruins yeah. his life. Yeah, it's it's a really really good revenge movie. I remember seeing the cover of that at the video store, and never being allowed to rent it. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, I, I think this is an example of our brains just going blank and not yeah, like any right? kind of sexist behavior because Beatrix Kiddo from um, Kill Bill. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my brain is still kind of, you know, red from the blind seething anger I've got at you. <laughs> You're going to have to get over it. Nope. <laughs> I don't know how you come back from that kind of thing. I, I will a, see a, the movie I'm gonna, eventually. I'm going to drive, you know, your bachelor party, I'm going to sit you down in a chair and make you watch goddamn Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tie you to the damn chair if I have to. 
I, I think um, Daniel probably beat you to it, making me watch Tombstone. Uh, o- o- Odin will help me. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Tombstone either. Oh, God. Okay, That's Michael great. and I are just going to club you upside the head and drag <laughs> you off somewhere. <laughs> Where's Brian? Uh, he'll be back in a few hours. It's reaching intervention level, I think. <laughs> may not may not need to wait until a, a bachelor party. Just a, just a weekend with a closed door and, you know, a blackjack. Well, that's why I say the bachelor maybe party. I'll, yeah, maybe I'll sit down so and watch away. it. Maybe I'll sit down and watch it after the episode is over. If I have time. If not, I'll watch it tomorrow because I have lots of free time tomorrow. Awesome. You should do that. Yes, you should. For and sure. I can stop ridiculing you for it. Can, then we can talk okay. about it. I, I will. I if if I don't watch it by next episode, you can ridicule me all you want. Sounds good. Okay. And then once you do watch it, the ridicule can shift to, hey, remember how long it took you to watch Die Hard? <laughs> <laughs> There's never an escape. What about um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, I yeah. I well, she, she was an anti. I mean, Spike maybe. I, I I think Buffy qualifies by all the criteria we've already came up with in that she's a reluctant she was in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean she turns into one. a sup- she turns into like a superhero, but she's always like trying to do her high school stuff and not do her hero stuff. Yeah, yeah. But she's the chosen one. I think I think Spike qualifies more than she does. Oh yeah, Spike later on. Qualify, yeah, and I mean I think he qualified before he got a soul more than after. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I. You know who is not an anti-hero is Angel. No. <laughs> Almost by definition. No. Yeah. But that you know you pick out the character that's everyone's favorite in a team, and it's usually the anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's um, the most fun. Like Gambit and Wolverine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wolverine There's, is another classic anti-hero. Um, who's the anti-hero in the Avengers? Um. Stark can be sometimes. Yeah, it depends on who's writing him. Or if yeah, you're talking really about the movie he's writing him. Uh, uh the Hulk is definitely an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. When I did a little I, I did a little anti-hero research and the Hulk came up because yeah. it's like a rage monster and a guy who doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. With intense psychological problems. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that doesn't get written into the whole comics and in, into the Hulk movies enough is yeah. how deranged Bruce Banner is. <laughs> yeah well like he, when they start getting no, into like um, the fact that he has more than two personalities yeah uh bucky after he gets the shiny arm oh yeah the winter soldier yeah for sure because he was like an assassin for the longest time and then he yep. became a hero now he's one of the team so jeff do you have any more to include before i bring up the the one that everyone expects me to eventually bring up I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cede to you because we've all been waiting for that one. All right. So Deadpool, Wade Wilson, originally mm. designed as a parody of Deathstroke or a homage to Deathstroke. Like they were, they were kind of poking fun at the other writers because they were <laughs> like, we're gonna make a character that looks like that's sort of based around Deathstroke and name him a name that sounds sort of like Deathstroke's name because Deathstroke is Slade Wilson. <laughs> the marvel and dc used to do that to each other all the time they would oh make, yeah they would make characters and then just sort of make fun of the other writers and come up with like clear ripoffs <laughs> that's one of the reasons there's two captain marvels yeah huh. one's dc and one's uh, and marvel why the dc captain marvel is now called shazam yep lawsuits <laughs> 
the original lawsuit was with with Captain Marvel when he first came out was they thought they were copying Superman. Mm-hmm. And it was like eventually they they finally had to secede that you can make a caped superhero and you're not necessarily copying their IP. Right. Um, so Deadpool follows a lot of the criteria. So he's reluctant. In the movies, he says, uh, hold on, I got to wait for the coughing to subside. I'm going to mute my mic. I hope she's OK. Um, she's just recovering from the flu. No, that's the worst. Yeah. So sorry about that, guys and listeners. Um, we hope she gets better. Mm-hmm. She she croaked out an apology at the end of that. <laughs> so bad. Well, please please let her know that I wish her I wish her well. I think it's okay. Yeah, everybody wishes you well. She said thank you. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, so Deadpool is a what makes him an antihero? Anybody want to chime in on this? Well, I mean, besides the fact that he does bad things for. Not necessarily good reasons. Yeah, ultraviolence for one. Well, who doesn't like a bit of the ultraviolence? He says he's not a hero over and over again. In the comics, he was a villain first. Mm -hmm. He showed up as a villain for the X Force, and then he started getting. um, When the comics were failing, they started writing him as a comic relief character, and then he became the Deadpool we all know and love today. But I think Deadpool is who modern media fans think of as the ultimate arrow anti-hero now yeah yeah definitely i I mean we all love watching somebody cut people up with katanas (laughs) (laughs) bananas Um, and sarcasm i did want to bring up the punisher though because the punisher is probably the ultimate anti-hero yeah he's definitely an anti-hero because he's a murderer yep and he's not he's unabashed about it no no, I mean, it's like, I'm going to kill these people. No, you can't kill these. No, I'm going to kill these people. You can't. Watch me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I already did. You know, you don't read comics, um, David. You know, he was introduced in a Spider-Man comic. I did not know that. Yeah, he was um, He was what? tricked into trying to murder Spider-Man. Oh, my introduction to him was that movie that had, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the famous guy, Travolta in it. That's the one with um, Jane. Um, oh, what's his name? The one with John Panette, the Punisher. comedian. Travolta. No, the one, the guy that played the Punisher. Oh yeah, what's his name? Um, you'll find it faster. Than Thomas you. Jane. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think he did a fantastic job playing yeah. the Punisher. In that. He he also had uh, John John Panette was one of his three companions at the apartment he lived at. <laughs> I'm not familiar with John Panette. Oh, he's a very funny comedian. He died a few years ago, sadly, but he's a very, very funny man. I um, I watched the Netflix show. I haven't watched the second season yet, but I thought that was a good version. Yeah, it was. I'm a little sad they canceled the third, but yeah. Yeah, but we are going to get a third season of Jessica Jones. Oh, okay. That's good. Oh, they yeah, are? It's gonna be the, yeah, they're going to do a third season of Jessica Jones, and that'll be the last Marvel Netflix show. Oh, that's because Disney's tightening the wrench. Yeah, well, they can't use any of those titles on a streaming service or in a movie for like, I think it's two years or something like that. Yeah, but by then, Disney will have their own streaming service out, and that'll be the only way to get them. I think Disney Plus is already out. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I I think there's a, and they're they're planning a Marvel one, too. Yeah, of course they are. How else are they going to make money? (laughs) If you didn't see this coming, you're a fool. (laughs) (laughs) All these paid streaming services are awful. 
if you didn't if you didn't see this coming after Hulu took off, you're a fool. Because <laughs> Netflix Netflix won, and then the spinoff started being allowed and accepted. It was like, oh, okay, so there's no more one on top anymore. Now there's a bunch of them. So, um, I think we've kind of ringed everything we can get out of this topic. It's pretty wrong. Yeah, it's it's pretty wrong out pretty well. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say let's move on to our game. Um, okay. I um I'll go first with this one. I'm not gonna put Jeff on the spot because we just introduced him to this right before we told him what to expect. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say let's get a list of films in front of me so I can cheat a little bit. Um, At least he admits that he's cheating. <laughs> That one movie, um, that one movie where bank robbers um, end up encountering the supernatural and nobody saw it coming. Bank robbers. Murdering bank robbers? Were they bank robbers? I don't or know. Murdering <laughs> outlaws. <laughs> if, if, you're think, if you're thinking of, uh, of uh, oh, God damn, what the hell's the name of that fucking movie? <laughs> um, oh. It's gonna hurt me now. You know that one movie where um that one movie where um um the makeup artist plays a uh, a guy with a whip and a and a crotch gun. God, I can't think of the fucking name. <laughs> God damn it! Do you, you want to try? Do you want to try, Jeff? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I yeah, this is the part I was really gonna suck at because oh. I have no idea. It's um, so good. The movie has an abrupt shift halfway through it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and abrupt. And, but shift. I left out the word vampires because I thought that would be too obvious. Oh, what the hell's the name of that goddamn movie? Uh, oh, from Dust Till Dawn? Thank yeah. you. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> My brain started itching on that one. And the guy who plays Sex Machine is a makeup artist that did the makeup on um, the remake of Night of the Living Dead. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Have, are, you, are you willing to try this out, Jeff? I got one. I got one if you need some more time. Go ahead. All right. It's uh, that one movie where the dudes pretended to be another dude, and then they kill this other dude to try to get some information while pretending to be other dudes. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Oh, that one movie with the dude trying to put it. Oh, I don't have enough. Give me a clue. Um, 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 shit. Uh, <laughs> Did you forget which movie you were talking about? <laughs> no, I know exactly which movie I'm talking about. I'm trying to not give it away with a hint. Uh, there's a lot of really good action scenes in it. Yeah. <laughs> What is it? Mission Impossible. Oh my god! <laughs> I should have gotten that with just a pre- dude pretending to be another dude, right? It was either that or Tropic Thunder. <laughs> that one movie off. where John Voight is the bad guy the entire time. <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> People were so mad about that. Uh, that that the, the main character from the show ended up being the villain. <laughs> uh, that one movie where the guy who's famous for running runs Mission Impossible any of the Mission Impossible <laughs> <laughs> or for the, the firm <laughs> he ran in the firm they actually figured out a way yep. to make him run in a law movie yep I, <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines of that movie is when uh, Gene Hackman comes out and the, after they're doing their whole lunch discussion he goes well I think we've answered all the questions except one who do we build this hour to and everybody laughs <laughs> that one movie that that one netflix show that's like um that's like the x-men but it's extra violent stranger things no um umbrella academy 
Oh, I haven't actually no. seen that. I just watched the whole thing. Ah, was it any good? It's amazing. And being <laughs> that it was that the comic was written by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> oh well, if we're doing t- if we're doing TV shows, I mean, we've never done that before. But I figured I'd throw one in, make it easier on Jeff. That worked uh, out great. Thanks. Well, okay, fine. Uh, that that one TV show where uh, the guys are drunk all the time and then have to drop everything they're doing to go rush into a room. Rugrats. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, but no. The parents are always absent, <laughs> so it works. Except for the part where they're drunk all the time. Who knows what they're I doing? I think those kids are drunk. Point. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it would have worked as a movie, too. Damn, I didn't think about it. But MASH, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, we got to pop your cherry. Give us one. Okay. This is, this is, uh, this is a movie that I used to use uh, in charades because mm-hmm. it has lots of words in its title and no one knows it. Oh, God. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's, it's the one where uh, a New York ad guy moves to the country and has a lot of trouble building a house. Oh, um, the money pit. Nope. Oh, that's a good answer, but no, um, <laughs> Ooh. I, I, I knew it was going to be wrong. Cause there's not a lot of words in the title. You know, um, I, I don't know this one. What is it? It's probably an older movie. It's an old movie. Okay. The Cary Grant movie. I'll give you that. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Mr. Blandings builds his dream house. Yeah, I've never I heard do of know that, that movie. <laughs> really, Brian? Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, my parents and my grandparents were into into um and I think they're all around the same age as Jeff. Probably your grandparents are, yeah. <laughs> right, well, I mean, how about that one Kubrick film with the longest title ever? Oh, Doctor Strangelove? Mm. That's not the whole title. I know. But <laughs> and or how uh, Doctor Strangelove or how, how I, I learned to, to quit worrying and love, love the bomb. Worrying and love the bomb. Yeah. It's to quit worrying and love the bomb. Yeah. You know, I've never seen that. I'm Dear adding God. it to the list, Brian. I'm adding it to the list. <laughs> I've seen lots of Peter Sellers movies. I just haven't seen that one. Like I, I've seen Being There. Have you seen Being There? Yes, yeah. I have. Oh, a lot of people haven't seen that one. I didn't expect <laughs> I, I was a film minor. I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> that that one movie where the idiot ends up running government. <laughs> Idiocracy? <laughs> um, modern day? I mean, Being what? there. <laughs> um, what do you think? So this is a completely not related. Have you seen Being There, Jeff? Yes. Okay. Um, what do you think about him walking on water at the end of the movie? Hmm. You're, you're assuming I remember it better than I do. I'm going to say I didn't mind that. At the very end of the movie, the movie ends with him walking out onto this wet field. Uh-huh. And then he leans down and pushes his umbrella into the water to show that he's walking on water. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Yeah. And it's not a sci-fi movie. <laughs> it's just this weirdest thing for them to include at the end. And I assume it's symbolic of something. Oh, I'm sure it is. And I've always wondered about that. It's why the main character walks on water at the end of being there. Jesus allegory, maybe? I'm sure it's something like that. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of symbolism in that movie because, I mean, there's a freaking scene where he goes to Illuminati ceremony. Yeah, symbolism. Yeah. 
so yeah, but, but I've seen a lot of Peter Sellers, but I've seen all the Pink Panther movies. I just haven't, I don't <laughs> generally like Kubrick movies. So I uh, haven't see. seen, I haven't seen strange love because I was worried I wouldn't like it because I've never really seen a Kubrick movie. I liked, well, it's not like most of the other Kubrick movies. This one's actually funny. I you don't like, you don't like the shining or 2001. I do not like the shining. I hate 2001. Have you ever seen Full Metal Jacket? Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can understand not liking the second half, but the first half is always really good. Maybe yeah, the first half of Kubrick movies tend to be pretty good, and mm. it, I think it's that second half that kind of ruins me to him. <laughs> I, well, then there's 2001, who I I I was falling asleep a good hour into the movie. I, oh, that okay. movie is so slow. I, but I, but I mean, you're talking to the guy who doesn't like Blade Runner. Wow. Sigh. <laughs> but you've seen Blade Runner at least. I've never made it through the whole thing. I always fall asleep. I'm done. See ya. Good episode, and Brian. I'm done. What's funny is the, the first time I ever saw Blade Runner, I saw it in a film class. And I fell asleep in class watching that stupid movie. Wow. Professor <laughs> thought you were insane. I was auditing. Uh, well, that's why. <laughs> so nobody cared. No one cares. So, um, Jeff, what are you here to promote today? We, you have, you have a project, and it's pretty awesome. Tell us about it. Well, I was just here to chat, but I do actually have something to promote. If you want to talk about it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go for it. My my little my little uh, graphic novel, little cartoon, comic book trade thing called uh, Frontiers. That is. Uh, like well, like we talked about, it's it's a Pulp Fiction uh, Star Wars and kind of a kind of a cyberpunk sci-fi noir action romance dark comedy with crap tons of mystery box. Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> I've been do- waiting this entire episode to tell you that <laughs> because <laughs> first off, <laughs> the freaking story starts off with. He's going to destroy humanity. You never even get close to in the trade to that. Oh, no. no, no, no. Every pain has a mystery box in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, every time they introduce a new character, the scene ends with that character going, now I'm going to do something mysterious. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to use that as your blurb... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, write that up for me. That'll work. Is it, that a bad thing? Are you having trouble? No, I love saying? your trade. I think I think Frontiers is fantastic. I've liked it since. I, I think our original quote from Nerd Podcast Radio was like um, the last one on the back of the book. That's like, yeah, um, can't get enough, want more, something like that. Yeah, because it's written like that. It's it's got, but it's got cliffhangers in the middle of issues. Where the the cliffhanger is at the end of the scene you're in before it goes to the next scene, that's unusual for a story that there's cliffhangers seated. You know, if they're at the end of the individual issue, it's like, yeah, that's when you expect to see a cliffhanger. But there's a cliffhanger when you're halfway through. That's fantastic. You are a good writer. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've noticed that style in a few web comics I've been reading. I've read over the years and it, it keeps it. It keeps you on your toes. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it's obvious. It's a collection of you know four individual issues. So 
just by, I think by the nature of that, you have yeah, absolutely you know, that kind of that kind of structure. But so, where do people find your um co- your trade? Um, it is on Comixology. It is on Amazon. Um, the individual issues can be found through uh, in the Planet, and it's all you. You can go to Frontiers.tv, and all the links are there. You, there's there's actually two sides of the website. One of them is for the graphic novel, and one of them is for the podcast adaptation that I'm working on right now. And you can um, also go to idestroyhumanity.com. Yeah, it goes to the same place. Originally, yeah. the, the original uh, URL was idestroyhumanity.com, and people seem to have difficulty. Like, they'd leave out the I. Or, it's you know, the only like URL I've been able to remember for years without ever having to write it down. <laughs> we'll see. You're you're one of the you're one of the the sharp ones. Tar- one target ones. target audience. Target yeah, audience. Yeah, exactly. And well, so yeah, that one will that one definitely works. But also for you know the the slow people like me, Frontiers.tv. But it, uh, I'm I'm glad you came up with the smaller one because it's easier for us to share it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the podcast. Uh, the podcast is I've um, basically adapted the graphic novel into this, you know, radio drama kind of you know dark comedy satire kind of thing. And um, the and John Delancey, who was Q on Star Trek: Next Generation, uh, narrates it. That's so awesome. <laughs> and he makes some fantastically bizarre choices because I. <laughs> I people people had said to me you should do you know you should do like a like an audio drama adaptation because this it seems to be kind of a thing that's trending right now like they did one with uh, Wolverine and there are some other ones you know there and it's, so it's kind of starting to happen where you're you're getting narrative podcasts and uh, so I thought about it and I thought you know I really like like old radio shows and stuff but there's this sort of there's a cornball element to it of like you know wait, put down that pearl handled revolver that you're pointing at me right now in the show. <laughs> and, it, you know, and I was like, how could I do it in a way that kind of avoids that, that, you know, kind of weird kind of corny nature, but is also true to the, the spirit of the comic. And so I started kind of noodling around with it and I knew I'd need a narrator, but I was like, how can I, you know, how can I do the narrator that fits? And so I just started just, sort of started riffing on it and this narrative voice came out that uh, really fit with the style. And like in, in one of the episodes, there's a big fight that uh, the narrator is narrating like a, you know, like a boxing, uh, like a a color guy from, from a boxing match. Nice. So I was like, okay, if I could, if I could do it this way, it makes sense to me. So then I started into the, incredibly arduous process of doing this. Um, and so, you know, I knew, I knew a lot of actors and so I just kind of recruited them to, you know, come help me out with this. Like the guy who does the lead does Murphy is a actor named Dan Donahue, who's like a Shakespearean actor. And he was uh scar on Broadway and, uh, Oh, neat. Yeah. In uh, Lion King. And he's, uh, is it Shriv? I think. Is the character name in Battlefront Two? Wow, video that's, game. that's awesome. <laughs> but he's on he's on uh, Strange Angel on CBS All Access, and he's doing the uh, I, th- I, I think they're still calling it For All Mankind, which is the 
show for Apple TV that I think comes out maybe in July that is Ron Moore. And it's like, it's kind of like, uh, it's like an alternative history of the space race. If the Soviets and the U S had continued the race, I think it's a little like, uh, like an alternate history thing, like uh, man in the high castle, but it sounds really interesting to me. Um, that does sound interesting actually. Yeah. So he's been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, Jill is an actress <laughs> named Catherine Cunningham, who uh, she was on Condor here this last year and on Yellowstone, the mm. show with Kevin Costner. Um, Noble is an actress named Libby Matthews, who's done a lot of stage work. And uh, she was on an episode of Future Man here this season. Um, and oh, um, David Anders, who is right now he's on iZombie but he was on alias and heroes and vampire diaries and stuff. He's does a cameo as the, uh, the doctor in the second, uh, it wasn't the second issue of the, of the comic that, that, uh, takes out, uh, Murphy's, uh, brain chip. Nice. And he, he was, he was incredibly funny. I knew, I, I knew he would be really great for this role and I brought him in. It was just, it was like exactly what I pictured in my head and exactly what I heard in my head. He was really great. And Delancey was completely not what I envisioned because I, you know, I know him primarily as Q. So I, when I heard it in my head, I heard it kind of being delivered as Q and he came in and did this really crazy stuff (laughs) and made some really crazy choices. And I was like, cause I'm like, when I was doing this, I was like 10 take Charlie. Like I would do like takes over and over again, which made, which makes editing even more arduous. You have a lot of choices, but you have to sift through them all. And he does a lot of voiceover stuff. So he came in and it was like, you know, like two takes, maybe three, and he's ready to move on. And so the way we were recording, I didn't have headphones. So I was hearing him live, like from the studio. Mm-hmm. And he's he does he does a lot of really good work with the mic, like moving it really close and things. So things that are very minor changes in his voice you know to the ear the microphone hears something totally different and a lot more a lot more varied so i'm standing there and we're going through this stuff and i'm thinking first of all i've got one chance to get it all because i've got one session with him and i'm thinking it doesn't sound like what i expected it to sound like but either it's genius or it's it's a nightmare and i and i i'm like so i'm like panicking and i know i'm going to have like you know like two choices and stuff and so there was one point when i said let's do this and kind of do it straighter and so we go back to this one sequence and he does it you know kind of more like i imagined and i was like oh no this is genius what he's doing is absolutely right yeah <laughs> so from, from that point on i just let him go and he had uh. done so much prep work and it was so great he just came in and just nailed it and i you know i went i drove home like still kind of panicked, but then I sat down and listened to everything. And I'm like, this is brilliant. And it, it brings so much to it. Um, you know, the, the voice, the voice of that narrator, it just elevates it so much more. And you can find that on frontiers.tv, right? Not yet. I'm still working on it. So there, there is, um, I've got a couple of previews up. But there's, I'm going to have four four episodes for this first go round. Oh, so we're privileged that we you you heard you heard a okay. secret link of the first couple of episodes. Ooh. So you know you should you should feel very special. Um, so and yes, I'm still working on the last two, um, and I would love to be able to find a podcast network to pick it up. We'll see how that goes. But if you know 
push comes to shove, you know, I'll put it up on my own and that'll be how it goes. But um, it's a fun, it's a fun, different way to experience because you've got the, the graphic novel, you know, but you've got, you know, you're reading it, you hear the voices in your head, but to hear them interpreted by some really fantastic actors um, is just a whole different dimension. And it's a lot of fun. Well, we are thrilled. That yeah, that's, that's amazing. This guy who did this little independent comic is coming up with such cool stuff because it, it, we, you know, when I first read what you were doing, I was like, holy crap, we know that guy. <laughs> and you still do. <laughs> but I will, I will warn you that the destruction of the earth is nowhere near. So you're saying, you know, how we open with that and then it, it doesn't happen, you know. You know Fuck off, Jeff. Seriously, dear yeah, God. This is, this is this is like it's like those flash forwards at the beginning of every season of Better Call Saul, where it's like he's at the <laughs> yes. Cinnabon in Nebraska, and you know you're not going to be there for like years. Yes, that's what this is. That's so good. That's a great analogy because it's all it's all about the journey of how he you know goes from being this sort of just average guy to being this you know genocidal mutant and the and the the role of the dice that I'm taking that the audience will go along with that. Because by the time we get there, we will, you know, you'll understand why he does what he does. And I believe that uh, you will agree with it. Just the first pain at the beginning shows him kind of looking reptilian. And it's like, where is that going to come from? Like what is (laughs) happening? And I love, like when I was listening to the podcast at the beginning, the narration kind of went through what my head was going because it's like it it describes the thing being from space and it talks about the um, that he he destroys humanity with this reptilian alien looking creature and then it's like but Kieran Mer- Murphy is one hundred percent human and I'm like well seriously <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> writing this <laughs> it's you know it's gonna be there's there's so i mean because i've got this pretty well planned out i've i leave room for expansion and imagination and and you know being able to kind of go up on tangents and things but it's such it's such a great journey and there's so much in this universe to to learn and and to see and you know right now i'm kind of kind of in a holding pattern as far as I really want to kind of promote what I have at the moment before I go on to the, to the next chapter. And some of that's financial, I will honestly admit. Um, but knowing how much great stuff there is to come and all the things that he's going to face and all the ways that that's going to affect him. I'm like, I cannot, I, I cannot move fast enough to tell this story because I'm so excited about it. So that's kind of uh, fun and wonderful, but in a really sort of, you know, hard way because I can't, I can't just, you know, vomit it all out at once. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> thank you for sharing. We're, we're, we'll put some promotion out there and we'll put all this information for you fans listening in the show notes. So you'll have access to everything Frontiers related and you'll be able to find all this um, if you don't want to look at our show notes, just frontiers.tv. Um, I have a few things to promote. Uh, so um, I, representing Nerd Podcast Radio, will be at NanoCon. As you know, listeners, um, it's in Longview, Washington on March 30th. And I'm going to be doing a bunch of things there. I'm going to be um, 
running a podcast, a live podcast episode with one of our returning guests, Odin Abbott. I'm going to be moderating a few panels. And then the coup de grace at the end of the day, I'm going to be um, interviewing Doug Jones from The Shape of Water. Oh. So, yeah, oh, it's we're I'm really, really excited about this. So um, that, that's NanoCon in Longview. And um, if you can't make it there, you can um, listen to our episodes. Um, but if you can make it, it's nanocon.co, Longview, Washington. It's going to be an amazing convention. Uh, it's also, if you're a longtime listener of a podcast, it's a good way for you to meet me or to meet Odin. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. I'm, I'm really, we're really excited about that event. That's awesome. Um, David, when this has been recorded, he's already going to have done the thing he's doing tonight. But oh, I know he's going to yeah. want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually going to be on the radio tonight. Uh, it's Friday, March 1st, and I'm going to be on KUCI at the Midnight Show for a couple of hours talking about nerdy things and this podcast and just all kinds of random stuff. It'll be fun. <laughs> Mention Frontiers.tv. I will do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, trust me, he will. I, I, I asked him to. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, because um, um, we were promoting this episode and we're going to promote um, on an upcoming episode where we're going to have Puff and Forrest, the YouTuber, on who does D&D stories. And that's going to be really cool. That's mm. our next episode is going to be Puff and Forrest. Damn, it's what I, I probably won't be able to be there for it. Damn it. Girl. Um, <laughs> so um, where do people listen to that radio show if they're not in Irvine, California? Um, oh, they have on their website, KUCI.com. Uh, <laughs> You can stream it online. I uh, believe we posted a link to it uh, a couple of times on our Facebook page, <laughs> the, the Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page. And uh, it will be in the show notes for this episode as well. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I, from my understanding, we can even, there's a phone number that will go out at some point. I'll try and post it to the Facebook page. And uh, UCI, not ACI. It's actually, it's KUCI.org. .org, thank you. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we're even going to be able to take some calls and things from people. Which, so. which show are you going to be on? Uh, it's, uh, the host is called Evie the Muse. Evie the Muse. And I, I just want to take the opportunity to shout out to KUCI, because I listened to a bunch of their shows because I wanted to make sure I knew how to listen to them so I could listen to this. Oh, neat. Um, and they're a really cool radio show. They're a college radio show? Yes. Yeah, they're a really cool radio station. Uh, University they, of California, Irvine. They have a lot of live music in their interviews, so I yes. think that's kind of neat when they do that. Huh. Yeah, I was listening to a bunch of jazz stuff that was really fun. Oh, neat. Uh, they're, uh, the, yeah, I believe it's, oh, I don't know the actual uh, FM coordinates. <laughs> Looks like 88.9. I think that was it. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. So, yeah, it should be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I've, I'm both scared scared shitless and looking forward to. It. <laughs> I've never been on the radio before. I, I never I have don't... either. This is going to be an experience. Are you actually going to a studio, or are they skyping yes. you in? Or no, oh going wow, to a studio. I'm going to be full on on scene. <laughs> oh wow! Take pictures if you're allowed to. I will see what I can do. Luckily, uh, Evie, the host, is the uh, is a friend of a friend uh, a friend of one of my old poker buddies. So that's that's how I got this in. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I I know we're gonna talk Renfair stuff. Oh yeah, duh. Uh, 
Uh, the <laughs> Southern California Rena- the Renaissance Pleasure Fair begins uh, in April. It's that time of year again, folks. Uh, April 6th, and then every weekend until the end of May, uh, the Ca- Southern California the Renaissance Pleasure Fair is going to be open to the public, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm a, uh, I am a uh, performer there. I'm on cast, and I work at the front gate. So, um, If you want to find David, just look for the second biggest guy. Yes. <laughs> I'll be wearing a dark blue shirt and a purple hat. You can't miss me. <laughs> That's what I was going to wear. Damn it. Well, too bad. <laughs> Do you ever go to the Irwindale Fair, Jeff? I have not been, no. Ah, it's, oh, it's, it's really cool. I don't leave the house if I can help it, though, so... Uh, you know. This will be my fourth year as a participant. I'm I'm more of a lurker than I, I don't do the costume thing. I just go and have fun and watch shows. But yeah, David is fully on board in the Ren Fair community. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of it's a three month commitment, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah, oh yeah. So I won't be on our Saturday episodes for the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> but we knew that going in. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> So um, this has been a great episode. Um, Antiheroes is a real big part of nerd culture. Um, and we we have Han Solo who shoots only. One yes. of the, the best yeah. descriptions of what an antihero is. Um, they don't really have a qualm about killing sometimes or. Hey, sometimes you got to take care. You got to worry about yourself before you worry about someone else. And um, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have good literature if it didn't exist. It, it's a good part of literature in all forms. Yeah. Um, so um, this was our episode. Thank you so much for coming, Jeff. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. Um, I was Super Vegan Brian, and I was joined by David Theobald the Third. Bye, everybody. And Jeff Ashley. Thank you so much. This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Brian, cut yourself off. Goodbye.